welcome to the See You in the Morning podcast. Here, Craig Price and I, Cammie Wilcox, are on a quest to interview each member of the Calvin and Margaret Price family. Let's see who we're interviewing today. Today, we're talking to Nancy Edelman Price, who is married to Glenn Price. Nancy is the 18th family member in the Price family, and we are super excited to get to chat with her today. Aunt Nancy, um, yes. what was it like growing up in South Carolina? Well, I I guess I had a fairly normal childhood. You know, some of the memories I re- some of my earliest memories. Uh, of course, I was born in a town called Chester, South Carolina, and it is in the north western part of South Carolina. So we were probably about 40 minutes from Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay. So not too far from the North Carolina border. But pretty small town, right, Mom? Yeah. Uh, it's probably even smaller now. Um, mm. When I was in uh, high school, we moved to Rock Hill which is even closer to the North Carolina border. And it was about 20 minutes from Chester. So Chester's more into South Carolina. But Rock Hill was where, once I joined the church, Rock Hill was where the branch was. And we wanted to be closer to the, you know, the branch family members. And so we moved between my junior and senior year so but anyway um one of my earliest memories and I had to have been at least three no I had to have been older than that because I remember my my little brother we had some kind of a holly tree you know, the leaves had little sticker pointer things on it. And mm-hmm. he chased me around that. And I was barefooted. Oh. oh that sounds and terrible. I remember my parents laughing while I was crying. Oh. <laughs> and uh, I just thought that was pretty awful. But they, they thought it was funny. <laughs> um, but, you know, and I only remember a snippet of that. And then uh, when we lived in, and I don't remember the street, but whatever house we were living in, we had a neighbor whose daughter was going to prom. And I remember my mother and I helping her make crepe paper roses. (laughs) So, I mean, nothing, nothing super crazy. But anyway, that's pretty much all I can remember living at that house. But anyway, um, we moved to a house on Columbia Street, and it had the coolest backyard. And I was a kid that didn't be well. We would watch TV cartoons on Saturday morning, of course. But um, we had this really cool backyard. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to describe it (laughs) as good as it was. But anyway, you know, the backyard was 
it was flat, but then it sloped down a hill. And in that hill, there was a rock garden. There was a creek behind it. There was a tree that had fallen. And then the top part of the tree had had uh, broken off a little bit. So I was either riding a horse playing cowboys and Indians. I was either on a dragon and I was a damsel in distress. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was the best backyard. I could, I could take my wagon and ride down the hill. We could play in the, we played in the Creek that was right there behind it. Um, Eventually, we got a basketball standard, and, and I would go out and play basketball. That was probably my first sport that I was real interested in. Yeah. And, I was gonna, go ahead. You, I was going to say, you coached at one point, didn't you? I did. I played um, a couple of seasons of basketball, and girls' basketball was so different back then. Oh, could and you then, do full court or no? No. Yeah. There were six girls on the court, and you were either on the defense side or the or the offense side. So there was three on each side. Um, and then it got to be where there was what was called a roving forward, and that particular person or female could go full court. But I was always a guard, so I was on the defense end. Um, but anyway, and then uh, me Wait, and sorry, someone Wait, sorry, did you else... wear skirts or dresses? No, we okay. wore shorts. Okay. Wait, so the, was um, this like a thing? Like they really would only play half court sometimes? Oh, this, yeah, yeah it everywhere. Was, it was city ball. I don't remember anything about high school ball, but it was it was city ball. And then... A couple of years later, me and somebody coached a little basketball team. It was actually quite fun. <laughs> <laughs> so it's pretty cool. Yeah, it, it was it was fun. When I went to Rick's College, I did do intramurals. Oh, fun! And played basketball there. Um, but yeah, I my one of my fondest memories of my dad was he and I loved the South Carolina Gamecocks. It was a <laughs> university. And we would watch college ball. And so, you know, I really enjoyed spending that time with him. But when we lived on Columbia Street, I could go one way and walk to the elementary school. And then I could go another way and be the junior high and the high school was right across from each other. So I walked to school all my life. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I really can say that I did walk to school in all kinds of weather. <laughs> you know, That's funny. interesting tidbit about uh, Chester. Um, you're right. It is shrinking in size. There's only right now there's only like 5,600 people who live there. Yeah, it's it's small. And I love that its claim to fame is uh, when Aaron Burr, after he shot Lincoln, was being transported to Richmond, Virginia. Yeah. Uh, he jumped off his horse. This was in Chester and landed on a rock and started screaming for help, hoping that he would be saved 
because he was and in the I, South. I, and I uh, want you to know that downtown, <laughs> that rock yes, had Aaron, Aaron Burr's Burr name rock. on it. I had forgotten <laughs> about that. That's 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 interesting. Yeah, I remember that. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Chester's big famous thing. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> If you ever go to Chester, you gotta visit the Rock. The Rock, yeah. No, downtown was kind of. It went down and then it went up on a hill and then it went down and that was Columbia Street and then, I probably lived, a mile or so away from downtown. So literally, I, I walked everywhere I went. <laughs> so yeah. Mom, tell us a little bit about your siblings. How many did you have? Okay, um, well, I was, I'm the oldest and was born in 55. And then three years later, my mother, whose name was Margaret, so that we, Glenn and I have a couple of things in common. <laughs> um, three years later, they were born. So I have a brother and a sister that are twins. Oh. And their names are Ray and Kay. Ray was obviously born first, and I don't remember minutes before Kay was born. And then um, six years after they were born, we had uh, my sister Amy. So she and I are nine years apart in age. And Ray was the only boy, and I hate to admit, but he did get a lot of flack from the girls. <laughs> from you so, guys? <laughs> yeah, it was, I, yeah, I I have to apologize to him. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't to... know that we made his life super exciting, but yeah. And, and what about your mom and dad? Uh, they, I think they, this is awful. I don't know a whole lot. I, they grew up, they grew up in Chester and they went to school together. And they got married in 54. And, um, cause we, cause my dad was in the Navy and was stationed in San Diego. So I lived there until I think I was about three. I don't think I knew that. <laughs> and, and we lived on the naval base. Just, you know, rows and rows of apartments. And we lived there. And I, my mother reminds me that I would go into the fridge and grab sticks of butter and eat that, eat it. <laughs> and to this day, that just kind of makes me gag. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> that I would do that. But there's a picture of me um, somewhere around of me having a birthday party with a bunch of kids in San Diego. So, yeah, it was kind of interesting that I actually went back and lived in California. <laughs> right. <laughs> back to your roots. Yeah, back to my roots. I remember having a birthday party and uh, when we lived on, still lived on Columbia Street. 
and everybody was going down that hill and that hill in the spring it would just bloom with um daffodils and so again that was my fantasy was my backyard and then as i got older i did not like the humidity so i kind of stayed inside more (laughs) (laughs) but christmases were always huge and ginormous easter was just as bad as christmas as far as you know i grew up uh baptist and so you know we weren't big church goers but we would go we'd definitely go christmas and easter and then whenever my mom and dad felt like going and then during the summer they had what was called vacation bible school and then it was it was like a week day camp and we would learn stuff and do crafts and and have devotionals so yeah were were you in your teen years coming up on your teen years during that stuff that you remember it was more um elementary to probably junior high okay i'm gonna say yeah and then um my mom went to work and because she was working and my dad was working, they hired. Yay, I love the nanny. <laughs> her name was Fanny. And I tell you, I loved her to pieces. My mother made her a dress because my mom sewed and that's, that's who taught me how to sew. And we took it to her house. <laughs> And on the table by her chair would sit her false teeth in a jar of water. (laughs) And I I just remember that so distinctly. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe somebody would display that in their living room. (laughs) But when she saw that dress that my mom made her, she just gave her the biggest hug and picked her up off her feet. And she she just... (laughs) She was awesome. But there's one time I remember that my mom drove her home and Fanny sat in the back seat and I was in the back seat with her. And I could not understand why Fanny was sitting in the back seat. She should be up front with my mom. Like an adult. And it was yeah, and it was then that I started realizing that there was a di- a difference between black and white. But it was that time I think I started realize I around my life and saying, okay, I don't see any person of color in my school in my elementary school. And so I, I think I started, okay, <laughs> there, there's a difference. Yeah, this would have been so, like early to mid-60s, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. High school for the Blacks um, was in town. 
And like I say, I was close enough to walk to my high school. And so our colors were red and white and theirs were blue and white. When they put us all together, our colors became red, white, and blue. Oh, yeah. But I'm telling you, that first year was rough. How old were um, you? We, Do you know? I was, I was in junior high. Principal got stabbed. I, I, I believe we had three or four riots during that school year. And then because I was close enough to walk home, I would walk home and then we'd be out of just to let everything settle. Settle down. Yeah. And then towards the end of the year, we all had the same lunch period. At the end of the year, they were going to split it off because there was obviously more students in the school. And so we decided to have an, a sit-in and we sat <laughs> and protested this dividing of the lunch period and it was black and white together in a unified group and it didn't work because <laughs> there was <laughs> too many of us. And it worked out for everybody. The lunches, though, right? What? No, they did they not. Okay. No, is you know they just however you're wherever you were, um, whatever class you were taking. I don't know how they did it, but yeah, they didn't. They didn't separate us. So. Were your parents supportive of integrating the schools? Um, you know, that wasn't a subject that was, ever came up. I think that that um, because they grew where every, they were, you know, people were separated. That, um, and, you know, stuff was ingrained in them. Mm -hmm. they might have been I never really we never really talked about it all I know is for me personally you know I I believed in God and I believed in Jesus and I believed he loved us all it didn't matter what our skin color was yeah so and I tried to make friends either way so, yeah, well, I remember you telling that we, we joke because my my dad doesn't have the best of rhythm, Cammy. Yeah, <laughs> and mom has rhythm, but she we she keeps telling us she learned that from Fanny. <laughs> no, no, I thought you A said correction, it. correction. <laughs> it was it was Fanny's niece. Niece. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So for some reason, Fanny didn't tend us or watch us in the summer. I think. So I think she got her niece to watch us. And I don't know that she was much older than me, maybe five or six years. And yeah, she taught me how to dance. So we would have fun in the kitchen, listening to the radio and dancing. Oh, that's so fun. But because my mother, it caused uh, contention 
between my parents and uh, ended up separating and then ended in divorce. And how old were you? So I was I was still in junior high. Mm, One changes. of the things I do remember that year was my dad giving me um, to go buy Christmas presents for my siblings. And I remember, <laughs> I remember my mom's mother came over for Christmas and just cried and said, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that all this has happened to you guys. Um, but, um, you know, uh, up until that point, I would say there were some good times. I, I don't think that I had a uber sad childhood or anything like that so but yeah however you... oh, go ahead. because my parents divorced I was going as soon as I graduated from high school I was gonna leave and go join a commune oh. <laughs> my mom and, was and, be, and be free with everything <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah I, I'm a hippie at heart I guess she still um, loves <laughs> Who did you live with from after the divorce? My dad. Okay. Yeah. And, and I don't know if it was because I was the oldest. My siblings just kind of went along with the decision that I had made. And so... Um, I don't, I, it had to have been, I, I, obviously they were separated for a couple or divorced for a couple of years. Interesting enough is I found out after my dad met my stepmother the, and joined the church and, and everything that uh, the missionaries had knocked on our doors several times mm. and my mom would turn them away. So <laughs> yeah so it seemed like there was a different plan in motion going on though oh yeah you didn't go off and go join the commune yeah, no no I did not <laughs> heavenly father stepped in with that but um, well, my that dad met Joyce she worked in a meat department at a grocery store where my dad went and got meet and they and they there was also a group called parents without partners that um, I think she got him to go and then so they became friends at first and then their relationship blossomed and they got married in March now I can remember dates. So in March of 72, they got married. My dad got baptized. And then I was baptized on May 18th, 1972. How old, Mom, again? Uh, 1972, 55, what's 17. that? 17. So, yeah. But, you know, I joined the church 
mainly because it sounded logical. Mm -hmm. I don't remember feeling this big old burning testimony or burning within my bosom kind of thing. But they would, they would say, you know, there's you, there's life after death. And I'm going, okay, yeah, that sounds logical. I'm, I'm okay with that. And then they would say that families can be eternal, not just in this life, but, but the next life. And I go, yeah, that sounds perfect. I agree mm-hmm. with that. And then they said that there's a prophet on the earth today. And, and I, my thoughts were, why not? We had prophets in biblical times. Why not have a prophet on the earth today? So it was kind of more of a logical thinking. And then a couple of months after I had joined the church, then, um, and I think my siblings, my youngest sister wasn't eight yet. And, but my, the, my brother and sister that are twins, I think we were all baptized on the same day, May 18th. Um, but then it wasn't a couple, couple of months later, there was some kind of young men mutual. I can't remember what it was called back then. Some kind of a tri-stake, you know, cause they were spread out the branches and all the wards and all that. But um, we had a testimony meeting and I, <laughs> the Holy Ghost was not going to let me sit, was <laughs> not going to let me sit there and enjoy that. And I got up in uh, a very simple testimony, but I knew from then on that, you know, the church was true. So but yeah. And did Joyce have kids? She had a son. <laughs> and his name was Mark. So the way it kind of worked out was I was the oldest. And then three years later, my brother and sister. And then three years was Mark, her son. Oh. And then three years was Amy. Well, that does work out. Yeah, it worked out kind of cool that way. And Uncle, I, Uncle Mark is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uncle Mark is a good Mark. old Southern boy. <laughs> oh, yes, he is. Does he still live in the South? He does. And my siblings, my sisters, live together in my grandmother's house. No way. So where yeah. is that? That's in Chester. Still in Chester. Oh, my gosh. Yep. So do you my go wife, back? I have, I'm not a, you know, we had kids and there was lots going on. So I didn't travel back as much as I would have liked. Let's Mom, see. Mom's not much of a flyer either. Yeah. No. When, uh, let's see, I had four kids before I went back the first time. Oh. To see my family. And then oh, no. I went back one other time just myself. And then. Oh, I'm tra- and then. You went back with Carrie another time. Went, yeah, when went back with Carrie and Marcus. Did and Alan- then when, when Joyce was sick. 
and pretty much close to her deathbed. Um, this is my stepmother. Um, then Craig and I flew out. Yeah. And we were there for her passing. We didn't stay for the funeral, but um, yeah, I'm not a flyer. So I like having somebody with me. Yeah. So Craig was nice enough to, to yeah. Craig's come with up me for and Ariana was gracious <laughs> enough to let him come. <laughs> yeah. we, we hadn't had kids yet, so it was a little easier then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah. Uh, you, you have to tell us about your half brothers too. Yes. So when I was, so Glenn didn't meet, well, we didn't meet either's families until well i met glenn's parents after we got engaged and you know like all the podcasts are saying they're absolutely wonderful (laughs) from from glenn's mother and she never looked back (laughs) she (laughs) she's seen me at my best and my worst and she still loved me unconditionally (laughs) so i've always appreciated that about glenn's mother um glenn's dad gave me a big old hug and and uh, he he called me nancy bell because i was from the south mm-hmm. and when i was pregnant it was nancy belly oh because he always said it looked like i had a basketball under my shirt because <laughs> <laughs> i went good. out <laughs> instead yep. of wide i would go stick straight out when i was pregnant mm-hmm. but um um so get us from joining the church to meeting glenn what what made you decide to go to rick's college well it was joyce that kind of encouraged me to for that um because you know it was a church school and I was like, okay, so I filled out all the papers and and got accepted and but I'm telling you that days before I left, I was getting cold feet because yeah, I was going to travel by bus. Oh, that's a long way. Yes. It's like two days. Three, three days. Three days. Yeah. And I was scared to death. All I had in all, all my belongings were in this trunk. And uh, I did have a companion that was going out as well. He was going to college too up there at Riggs. So he and I rode the bus together for three days. And then he got off the bus and I got off the bus. And, and I think he managed to get me to my um don't, I, we, I, I lived off campus, so to my apartment, and then he went to his apartment, and we saw each other occasionally, but um, I immersed myself in my ward family and loved it. It was, it was awesome. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, you, like, that's such a big step if, if your parents kind of grew up in Chester, and obviously your dad in the Navy, and they did do some things, but you maintain being like it sounds like pretty well put mom so to to take that big step that's i was i was going to ask if you had any 
cold feet, and obviously you did. <laughs> oh, I did. And I had a boyfriend that followed the bus out of town crying. <laughs> he went to my mom. He went to the house and cried to my mom. Nancy's gone, blah, blah, blah. But I was, he wasn't a member of the church. And I wanted to immerse myself into the culture of the church. And I had some, uh, don't get me wrong, I had some great friends. Um, there, was, there was a few of us that went to high school that were members of the church. And they were awesome friends. Haven't kept in touch with them, really. Um, we we kind of emailed each other back and forth like 15 years ago, but then we've lost touch since then. But um, they were awesome. But yeah, and so I wrote this guy a Dear John once he got to college. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it into his face. And, and I was, I'm, was such a wuss. But anyway, <laughs> but because of my Southern accent, I met a lot of people, got mm -hmm. a lot of friends, dated quite a bit, you know, um, that first year. And I did not go home for the summer. I cleaned uh, buildings in the morning of my first year at college. I actually had a class with um, Barbara's husband, Doug. Oh. Yep. So I kind of yeah. knew him from that class. Did not know he was dating Barbara or anything like that until... Glenn and I, that was probably our first date was to one of Doug's sister's weddings. And uh, <laughs> we saw each other and I know you, I know you. <laughs> anyway, that, that was kind of fun. And, uh, but yeah, yeah, that second year was when Glenn came to Rick's College again. And that first Sunday, he taught Sunday school, and I was so impressed. <laughs> I thought he was cute. And so I tried to make the first move by saying, going up and telling him what a great job he did on the lesson. <laughs> and he just kind of thanked me and didn't really say anything. And I'm going, okay. So <laughs> I went about my Sunday, and we were meeting our family home evening groups. Well, come to find out, Glenn was our family home evening father. <laughs> and so we, he came to our apartment and we had we were all being introduced. And he goes, well, my name is Glenn Price and, and I'm not here to find a wife. And I was <laughs> sitting further back and I muttered under my breath, well, that's OK. We, that's one we don't have to worry about. <laughs> but, um, that makes one at Rick's College <laughs> we, would, we would go to their apartment and wash dishes and he would come up and say hi and you know we'd help around their apartment and and I tried to not try to look like I was interested or because I was interested but then I just felt like he was not and so I backed way off. In fact, so way off that he would come over and invite 
my roommates to go and Nancy, do you want to come? No, no, I'm good. I'll stay here. <laughs> and uh, it took a minute and then we started dating. Isn't dad side of that? Uh, he'd say he was, he was doing that to try to get you to come. <laughs> yes. 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 He, he, he would say that. And I, I believe that to be true. And then three <laughs> weeks later, from our first date, he asked me to marry him, and it blew me away. Yeah. <laughs> so down. I, I was, <laughs> all right. <laughs> I was not. We had gotten, you know, I felt like I loved him and and uh, didn't want to really date anybody else, and he didn't really either. Um, but I... I I did I did say no the first time because I hadn't prayed about it or really even thought about it. And because of my parents and what they went through, I felt like I had some trust issues and I did not want that to happen to my family. I if I was gonna be married, I was gonna be married forever. So, but we did decide not to date anybody else. And then, uh, so we dated through that semester and he went home to Portland and I went to California with a roommate and enjoyed Christmas vacation there. And then we got back and I, I believe it was probably January 3rd or 4th, we went and drove around the Idaho Falls Temple, and he asked me to marry him, and I did say yes. <laughs> so, so in the time between September and January third or fourth, Glenn went from "I'm not here to find a wife" to "Wife." <laughs> 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 well, and I think he told his story about him praying about it, and and got an affirmation you know, to ask me, but, and then he went back to the Lord after I said no. And, and he's, well, give her, give her time to get the same answer. So. Yeah. I think dad's dad's side of that was, I didn't think that she needed to have the right answer either <laughs> at first. <laughs> at first yeah. Right? yeah. I was cautious I'm still kind of a very cautious person mm -hmm. um, about stuff, but um, but yeah, I just wanted to make sure that if I was going to get married, it was going to be with the right guy. So, and so far, that's worked out pretty okay. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> it's well, been I'm a roller coaster ride. <laughs> <laughs> well we, we would we would say you're lying if it wasn't yep <laughs> uh, well, well my husband is a very patient man and you know with all the baggage that i feel like comes with being from a divorced family and not real dysfunctional but you know a little bit maybe um he's he's been there for me and let me and let me grow up into 
to a good wife and a mother, I hope. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think anybody would doubt that. (laughs) When you were at Rick's College, what was your major? Oh, you know what? Religion. Really? Oh, that's fascinating. Well, because, because I was such a new person in the church, that's all I wanted to basically take was religion classes. And I had a religion class with um, President Eyring, and he is absolute. I've loved him from then on. <laughs> <laughs> so it's nice to see him. Are you sure that's not because he's a tender heart and you are? <laughs> no, I, I, he just, I just, he was just a great man. Even then, so and he was tender-hearted back then, as well. So that's right. Elder Irene's one of my favorites because of that. Yeah, because <laughs> you're tender-hearted too, Chris. It's exactly why. There's no <laughs> doubt in my mind. I get it from my mom. It's okay. Yep. <laughs> so because of the religion classes, I did not graduate, but I did enjoy my two years there of immersing myself in the gospel. One of my goals was to read the whole standard works that first year I was there, and I did accomplish that. Now, I wow. read it. I didn't study and ponder. <laughs> Still I, have, Still. I have done that. But, Still, um, that's crazy. <laughs> the goal was just to read the standard work so that, you know, I could say, well, I, I read it. <laughs> yep. Then Good I to took the religion it. classes to support that, all that I had read so yeah Grace College was great I loved it so while you were engaged you went to one of Glenn's sister's wedding receptions is that is that how you met the family it was Doug's oh Barbara's you know Barbara's sister-in-law wedding okay and I can't remember who it was that got married but that was our first date and then I think our second date was I was babysitting. I can't remember who in the world I would know that I would be babysitting for. But anyway, I babysat for somebody and he came with me. So that was one of our first dates. And <laughs> of course, then, then we would go to the movies or go up on campus and, and uh, have fun like that. Once we were engaged, though, He went to Salt Lake and lived with Grandma Clark, whom I absolutely adored. She was the best. (laughs) And and then him and his cousin Ron would come up, oh, every few weeks and spend the weekend. So uh, he dropped out of school at that point? He did. He did. He started working, worked in Salt Lake. And then uh, we got married in April of that year. And so Glenn was the fourth in his family to get married. 
So yeah, Barbara and Kathy had gotten married the previous year. And then Arlene and, just before. And Arlene that. was the year before that. So yeah. the reason why I'm 18 is there were some grandkids <laughs> that yes. were born. Yeah, Jed and Andy, right? Jed, Andy, and Jeremy. And Jeremy. Yep. That's right. And then Arlene was pregnant. Um, I don't know if she was pregnant then, but uh, she ended up having Inger before I had Scott. So that's how that group falls. But it seems like then, because Scott is number 20 and you're number 18, that uh, you had him pretty short after you got married. Oh, yeah. That's safe to guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> got Not married in April and he was born in February. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, it was pretty quick. So you got married in April and then where did you guys live? We lived in a... There was a, we lived in downtown Salt Lake in a really cool older home, but they had fashioned that older home into, I think the family that owned it lived on the main floor, but there were two upstairs apartments. And so we lived in one and, and, and another couple or somebody lived on the other side. And I think they may have had some basement apartments too. Oh, wow. So, and about the only thing I could cook was tuna fish casserole. <laughs> and I'm telling you to this day, you won't find tuna fish in our home. <laughs> <laughs> You've consumed your that, life's worth of tuna fish. Yep. Consumed <laughs> my life's worth many, 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 many years ago. <laughs> we got we got to give you a little bit due credit mom too because so they got married at logan temple right and i'm trying to remember why logan instead of like salt lake well um before i went to rick's my dad and and my stepmom that's where that's where my stepmom got her endowments was her endowment was in the logan temple and so that's where she wanted to be sealed to my dad. And at first we thought we were all going to be able to be sealed with them at that time. Mm -hmm. So we made the trek to Utah and I fell in love with the mountains. <laughs> and I knew right then that I was never going to live in the South again. I, oh, really? I loved, I loved the West. The West was that's where I wanted to be, even though we would spend a week at the beach every summer for the years. And I love the beach, but I grew, I fell in love with the mountains. And so this was where I wanted to live, was right in the heart of, in the thick of things. But yeah, they came to Logan and were sailed. Come to find out, um, had to have a biological mother before we could um, be sealed to joy. So that didn't happen. But while they were taking out his endowment and being sealed to Joyce, 
my brothers and I, my brother and sister and I did baptisms for the dead. Oh, that's cool. And then so my little inside. sister, she was in the nursery. <laughs> what was that? Oh, I just said, so you had, you had been inside at that point. And yes. Then... Yeah. So, and so for you and dad getting married, it was just, it was sentimental at that point. It was. And <clears throat> the embarrassing part about that was back then, I don't know if anybody wore seatbelts. But on the way to the Logan Temple, from so I came came down from Rick's, and we met at his grandma's house, Grandma Clark, and um, stayed the night there, got ready, and because of the <laughs> the car situation, I ended up sitting on Glenn's lap all the way to the temple. <laughs> <laughs> And let me tell you, that was nerve-wracking enough. <laughs> Already nervous, and I got my endowment out and then got sealed. So all at once? All at once, yes. And Glenn said, you're not looking at me. And I <laughs> said, I'm trying to pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the things I loved about um, when we were first married was, and before we went to Oregon, was that we went to the temple every week. And we're talking the Salt Lake Temple live endowment that takes forever. <laughs> but it didn't matter. I mean, I, I was just soaking everything in that I could. And it was such a great experience for us. And never forgot, I mean, that's where I learned everything that goes on in the temple and, and uh, never forgot it. Once we had kids, we didn't go to the temple as often, but it always came flooding back when I entered the temple. So, yeah. So when you got married, did your dad and Joyce come up? Or did your siblings get to come? No, no, nobody came. There happened to be a lady from the branch that was in Utah at the time, and she came. I don't know if there was anybody with her, but yeah, it's pretty much just me. Mm. And who, I made who, my own wedding dress. Out yeah, of this that's what really I'm going to Heavy, heavy cloth. And once I was pregnant, I couldn't wear it. it I just was suffocating. <laughs> yeah, it was hot. It was hot. So, so then I would just rent a temple dress when we went to the temple. But um, it is a pretty I, dress. You did a good job, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> I love this strong, independence, capable. I I'm loving this. You were so well, brave. I probably can still be a little too independent, but um, <laughs> you know, I once once the gospel came in my life, I just there was nothing that was going to take me away from it. So, and did you still have contact with your mom, your biological mom? 
Um, I was very angry at her mm-hmm. for what she had done to our family. And um, no, I did not speak to her for many years. And I was thinking, pondering one day about eternal life and all this stuff. And, and I thought, you know, only only good people are going to go the slush. And only people that are hearts. <laughs> so you need to forgive your mom. So, but it took, it took several years before I, we fought, before I finally saw her again. But yeah, we, we were never real close, mm-hmm. but we did keep in contact with each other so but yeah. yeah and she would she would send us birthday stuff periodically not all the time but i remember getting stuff yeah. or was it christmas i don't know it, well not, like christmas like, and and then she would started she used to send and then i would just get stuff and say this is from grandma and then she started sending clothes that never fit. <laughs> and, <laughs> and and I just think she kind of and quit. And then I and she then she went back to money. But yeah. um well and I my remember gran- my grandparents really didn't understand the gospel. And I think my mom and Mom and, and dad did try to teach them and 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 they were really good by example of living the gospel. But um I my grandmother really thought I was out here barefoot and my husband kept getting me pregnant. Never <laughs> coming back. And and uh yeah, they really thought that I had been kidnapped and brainwashed and did finally go back out like i say when uh carrie was a baby and um and i yeah i flew with all four of those kids to south carolina but yeah after that we were on good terms good not that i had a problem she (laughs) she was the one that crazy Well, and at that same time, mom, so you guys had been living in Salt Lake. So did you ever, like, did you spend quite a bit of time with G&G then? Since you're obviously close close to dad's family. Well, well did they still live in Portland when you first Yeah, started? they were in, oh, they well, were in Portland. True. They were living in Portland at the time. And so... We decided that we want we're gonna move there, so we packed up the truck, sold our little car, and uh, drove to Oregon. And somewhere along the way, we had car problems, and that was the beginning. 
Oh, uh, car and, problems. And your life has not changed since. I was going to say they haven't stopped yet, right? No, no, they, it's, it's, I mean, you know, as we got newer cars, then they didn't break down as, as often, but yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it makes for interesting conversation and stories, though, I'm telling you. Oh, absolutely. But yeah, we did finally make it to Portland and, and Glenn got a job in Seaside. Huh. So, in Seaside for the week and then come on the weekends. And February comes around and having twinges. And so he went all the way to work. So he, we went to church on the Sunday and he got up that Monday and went to work. And then I went into labor Monday. He, so he had to turn around and drive back <laughs> to Portland. <laughs> and then, uh, and that's when we got Scott. But he Number, made it one. Number one. Number <laughs> one. And like Cammy said, dad made it in time. Yes, he did. He did, but boy, I didn't want him anywhere near me. <laughs> I was, I was just, I was just hot, and then him being really close to me, you know, it just, it was just, I just felt claustrophobic, kind of hyperventilated. So the doctors had to calm me down and and uh, stuff. But anyway, yeah, he was. He was born at around, it was after, so, but yeah, yep, and then Aaron was born in Seaside, Oregon. Okay, so you guys moved out there. Yeah, we point. moved out there after Scott was born and lived in a beach shack, and yep, I, had the little house. Yeah, huh? I just said you had that little house. You yeah, bought we bought a house. house. And then, uh, then we, I got pregnant again and we decided to move to Eastern Oregon by Janelle and Mike Indeed, and had a blast. I mean, everywhere we've been, we, it's just been the right thing. Um, but then, you know, I was pregnant with, um, Alan and. Janelle was pregnant with Katie, and I was for Janelle. <laughs> but Katie decided to come early. <laughs> and uh, so, so yeah, Katie's, I think, like a month older than uh, Alan. I think that's right, because she's yeah. April 20th. Oh, gosh, yep. I'm going to get this wrong. April 24th. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and and Alan is May twenty sixth. So oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you know, pretty much exactly a month. Craig and I had a, a similar situation. Ariana was pregnant with Crew, and I was yeah. pregnant with Colette. And I think I think they were due like three weeks before me, but Colette came early, and so yeah. <laughs> outbeat us in cast the love. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Well, with babies. the ex exception of Brett, all my kids were late. Huh. 
Yeah. That's right. Brett was the only early one. Yep. He was four days early. <laughs> and I want you to know, Cammie, that our claim to the Price family name is that I had the heaviest baby. Oh, yes. I, yes. Were all of your babies big? Yes. Except all for Brett. Brett. Okay. Kevin, had, you know, do you know who the heaviest one is? I'm pretty sure it was you, right? It, it was. Yeah, <laughs> it was. He he came. He was eleven one. Aaron and Chad were all. They were ten pounds. You also had the longest baby. Yeah, but I don't remember. It was Chad, twenty two inches. Oh, okay. that is a long baby. I was 21 and 21, but the heaviest and Chad was the tallest, but 10 pounds something. Yeah. Yeah. Those are big babies. So was, what do you remember how big Scott was? Yeah. He was eight, two. Okay. Aaron was 10, two. Um, Alan was in like, I think Alan was like eight, seven. Carrie was around that same weight and then uh you know brett was like seven pounds so mo for most people that's pretty normal mm -hmm. but for me that was tiny his diaper i could wrap you know both sides whereas all my other kids they were pretty healthy <laughs> looking babies and then uh and then craig was 11 one so yeah solid I would have stopped yeah. after that too. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we well, kind of thought we were done after, uh -huh. but then then we had our three boys. They were always called the little boys. They're not they're not little anymore, but uh, yeah, they were. There was boy girl, boy girl, and then the little boys. Yeah, we always tease Brett that he was supposed to be the girl. <laughs> keep the order <laughs> yeah well and mom so i mean having seven kids never short of a party <laughs> was it was it hard you can be honest <laughs> well were you perfect no none of you weren't um did we did we have some did we have to discipline yes <laughs> um but I mean, I thought, I thought we had fun. So I, I don't complain for sure. Oh, I don't doubt that you had fun. I'm sure you guys had so much fun. Oh no, it really was a good time. I, I mean, I, I just try to wrap my mind around seven kids. Sometimes it's impressive. Well, and I took you all to the store and Aaron goes, I don't know how you did it with seven. I have a hard time with three. And now with my grandkids, I'm so over the top nervous because <laughs> they're <laughs> in my care and I don't want anything happening on my watch. <laughs> There's no way I could take seven grandkids to the store unless I had older kids with older grandkids with me. Yeah. But um, well, that's probably how it worked a little bit. I mean, Scott was 10 years older. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't really do that too often because, you know, Scott and Aaron were 
you know, when we were in California, they were going on, you know, teenage years and were old enough to watch you guys if I needed to run to the store. So, but, you know, every once in a while, all seven of us would go marching in <laughs> to the store. We got well, some interesting looks, persecuted a little bit for having a large family. Um, but, um, you know, and I kind of felt sad by that because, you know, here we had wanted a big family and felt like we were doing what we were supposed to do. And here we had people telling us that this wasn't a cool thing to do. So every once in a while I would get sad, but generally not. And it was nice living in California, being close to Glenn's brothers. And we did a lot of stuff together with them going to the park and having picnics. And, you know, the kids had not only friend friends, but their cousin friends. And so, I mean, it, it just was a good time. Yeah. Yeah. All the brothers landed within, you know, and the dad and his brothers, like you said, we, I mean, we're all, I feel like we were all within like 20 minutes of each other. I know us and Dave were less than that, but I know uncle Doug moved around a little bit more. Yeah. I remember your California house and I remember it being uh, like avocado green. Yeah not green you're nicer than okay. me <laughs> yeah I could see that but I it was also like mid-century feeling and I remember thinking that was very cool it was nice it had four bedrooms so depending you know the girls always had their room and depending on how we worked the five boys there was at least three in one bedroom and they always got the bigger room whoever was the three and then and then there was a smaller room that had you know that had two boys in it so it was a fun house we had uh lemon trees in the back oh that's cool right yeah mom you remember we'd cut the lemons in half and you bring out a plate of sugar <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do not remember that, but yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah, you. So you would you'd be get lemons from the tree, and we'd cut them in half, and you'd bring out a plate of sugar, and we'd just you know put the half on there, and you'd just lick it off. Oh, yeah, it's fun. It was fun, and we did we didn't make lemonade though that I remember. I don't necessarily remember that, but we did have some fun. We had some fun times. Came. I'm glad. I forgot that you came to that house. Yeah, I, I think I only went one time. It was when um, we had that family reunion at Uncle Doug's family's cabin. And then Megan and I went back to Grandma's and Chad stayed with us. And then the plan was uh, we stayed at Grandma's for, I don't know, a couple days a week. And then we were driving to California with Dave's family. I think they were coming down from Canada, Canada maybe. And anyway, we all kind of caravaned down to your house and then hung out there for a little bit. And then grandma and granddad took us 
back home to Portland. Fun. If I remember correctly, I think did Devin and Derek come to the house too, Craig? I can't remember. I I believe Jed came because I know him and Scott went snowboarding. I yeah, can be very way wrong on that one, but I do believe well, that Jed was there and they went snowboarding. They they did one year. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it was the same. It may. I don't know if it was the same year as that. But I I do remember having people coming from Utah or or not just Utah, but cousins coming out to that house. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that was a fun house. Yeah, I remember getting in the big room most of the time. Yeah, that checks <laughs> out. <laughs> You're the youngest. You should. Well, try. Me, uh, I believe he did. I was like, I think, I think, uh, Chad, Chad, Brett, and I, I. I don't know if I talked to Scott now and Alan, and I don't think they minded us as much, but I think they would prefer that the older two got to hang out together. <laughs> yeah. Chad always, Chad, I always, I don't know if Chad always liked being called the part of the little boys, but that, mm. that is what we were. <laughs> yeah. Well, as you guys got older, we probably didn't say it so much. So, yeah, we had three kids born in Oregon and four born in Utah. So, after you lived in Eastern Oregon, how did you get back to Utah? And what was, what was Glenn doing for a job at that point? Well, he was, he was working construction in Oregon. Okay. And then uh, I'm, I'm not sure what caused us to move to Utah other than we felt like we should go. And then he got a job in Wyoming <laughs> and again, he was in Wyoming when Carrie, when I went into labor with Carrie. So he had to drive from Evanston and, and Arlene and Andy were living there at the time. Um, he had to drive back to Ogden to, to witness the birth of his second daughter. <laughs> <laughs> He made it in time of that one too, right? <laughs> he did make it in time. She was born about 10 o'clock that night. I remember going to the doctor that morning and, you know, the doctor likes to check in and see if things are going okay. And he goes, Nancy, you're, you're going to have this baby tonight and it's going to be a girl. Oh. And boy, was I ever... <laughs> I was, I'm going, oh, I don't know if I'm ready for this or not. But anyway, I started feeling twinges on my way home and was having contractions, managed to make it till Glenn got back from Evanston or down from Evanston. And then we went to the hospital and sure enough, out came this baby girl <laughs> So we really thought it was going to be boy, girl, boy, girl, and then, boy. you know, kind of keep that kind of pattern. But we like our three boys at the end. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always laugh because dad tells this story of 
I don't, it was either me or Brett when you were going in to have one of us. It was on the tail end, but he says, you know, usually when you go to the hospital, a newer expecting mom, I'm going into labor and I'm here to have my baby. And the, you know, the nurse is like, yeah, sure. We'll check if you're, you know, if that's going to be legit or not. But dad said that, you know, you guys went in and you're like, they're like, well, how can we help you? And you're like, well, I'm here to have my baby. And then one nurse was like, oh, okay. And then the other nurse had said to dad, well, what number is this? And whether it was six or seven, I can't remember. And the lady's like, oh, she's going to have this kid, huh? (laughs) (laughs) It, It was Brett. Yeah, like oh, from yeah. the time I from the time I walked into the the hospital doors to the time I delivered Brett was twenty two minutes. Wow! So ready to go? Yeah, I, yep, was definitely ready to go. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think we had fun when we lived in Syracuse. We would dance to. Elton John and, and, you know, Craig's probably won't remember any of that, but we were always dancing and listening to music. You know, dad, 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 I never felt like wasn't into music, but mom, she's very eclectic, Cammie. She likes everything. Well, I like that. Me too. Yeah. I I try to keep up with the music, but, uh, there's so much out there now it's it's hard to but i i try to you know listen to what the kids and the grandkids listen to so that you know we can have conversations about stuff yeah, but a lot so of them like the classic rock and i'm a rocker so yeah a lot of them do like the classic rock so it, it's been fun yeah, my yeah. son is that way, actually. He loves, like, I think it's actually really funny. He didn't like music with words for a long time. So he liked classical until he was probably 12. And then he heard Queen. And that <laughs> changed oh, yeah. his life. He was like, what is this? And then Nirvana. And, like, it just <laughs> kept. So, yes, that that is now his music. And, yeah, I just think it's so funny. That's cool. Yeah. It was fun having a mom, I got to admit, that tend to like your trends. Like, yeah. Like, mom, you really did. I mean, I can think of, like, you liked Blues Travelers. Oh, Dave, yeah. Dave Matthews Band. Like, you've liked Creed, other Lincoln Park. Duran Duran. Yeah. yeah. I was yeah. like, throughout the ages, there were stuff. But then you also brought us back into stuff that you grew up with so i mean you were a big ccr fan yeah and uh toto (laughs) so and and my mom and dad still go to concerts occasionally yeah but it's been a while since we've been to one but the last one we went to was kenny uh kenny loggins i think okay so yeah that was fun well and you hit journey once too Oh, well, uh, uh, they were a cover band. Okay. Oh, okay. Your, that's da- right. your dad still cracks up at that one because the guy that was the lead singer, no shirt on, but uh, coat and tail, a tails kind of jacket, and, <laughs> and he was a little heavier than 
then uh, I can't remember his last name, but his first name Steve, the lead singer for Journey. And <laughs> but they were fun. They sang pretty close to um, what they what they did. But but yeah, now <laughs> we've had, we've had some good times. Uh, on Sunday though, we would listen to classical. So I I don't know about the my children, but I did gain an appreciation for classical music. So I did enjoy that. I remember you listening to that. You had the big, my parents bought this big, you know how you buy a CD pack, but it'd come in with like six discs. Yeah. It was like a big, so it was like Mozart, Beethoven, and it had a lot of their stuff. And yep. that was like when we bought the first like CD player we ever owned. <laughs> I remember we'd listen to that. So I remember that. And movie soundtracks. Oh, you yeah. Remember Dances with Wolves? Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> I've seen and that la- movie so many times. <laughs> and Last of the Mohicans. Yep. Last of the Mohicans. Yep. Those were two of our favorites. So yeah, we tried. We did try to make Sunday a little different than the rest of the week. Um, so we traded our rock and music to more subdued music. <laughs> <laughs> so did you feel like so you you joined the church at seventeen, um, and before that, for a good chunk of your life, you went to church some holidays, some other times. And so Sunday probably wasn't all that different. And then obviously Glenn's upbringing was very different on Sundays. So how did you guys decide what you wanted your Sunday to look like? Well, let me just say my Sundays, we went shopping. And so it was hard. Um joining the church and and you know Sundays were just going to church and I was like da, 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 da. okay what do I do what do I do what do I do um but um because I wanted to do what I you know what the Lord wanted me to do and and on in my opinion and in our way to keep the Sabbath day holy, then, um, you know, those were decisions that Glenn and I made together. You know, they, their family didn't watch TV on Sunday. So that was, that was fine. I, I was very, very okay with that. And there were times that we would watch Disney, you know, on Sundays. Yeah. Um, but as a general rule, we didn't watch a lot of TV on Sunday. We'd go to church, and Glenn would need to have his rest time on Sundays, and the kids would go to their rooms. Oh, and dreaded quiet time. <laughs> quiet time, <laughs> yes, that's what it was. I can't say that. I try to get my kids to have that. So <laughs> oh, we, We've all, yes. <laughs> well, Scott, being the oldest, you know, he was – he obviously got the brunt of us trying to be parents, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I will say that uh, Glenn and I weren't perfect parents. 
we tried to be the best that we could be. And I do remember that I apologized to my kids several times for overreacting on stuff and, you know, but, um, (laughs) Scott, when Scott was little and we lived in Seaside, we, the post office from our little beach shack was maybe a quarter of a mile, but I'm telling you, it would take us an hour (laughs) because he would stop and look at every bug and he would he had to twirl around the light posts and stop signs and and I would let him do it you know he was exploring so that I you know I just wanted to make sure he was he was having a good time and and uh you know, he, he, he was loved building bicycles and, and, uh, he was our, he was our skateboarder. He liked to skate and, um, Aaron, when she was little people at first thought she was a boy. So she wore dresses every day after that <laughs> for a long, 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 long time. And uh, she was our she was our dancer. Um, yeah, all the way through high school. Yeah, she was in. She was marched with the band and as color guard, and then they would do winter guard without the band. And um, but they would, but see, they they would do this stuff to rock and roll music, and I loved that. So I was way <laughs> way into watching them perform and. And uh, do their dances and rifle and flag and and uh, Alan joined in that too. Alan was probably my most difficult baby to have. We lived in Oregon at the time, so we had him in uh, Pendleton. Oh yeah, that's a trip. yeah. He was the first one that I had. What do they call fake contractions? Oh, Braxton Hicks contractions. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. we went to the hospital. He wasn't ready. Went home, came, and then had to go back, and, and then he was born. But um, And that's like an hour drive. It's it's a trek. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, of course, we had moved to Utah when Carrie was born and told you a little bit about her birth. Um. Mm-hmm. Carrie, Carrie was our money manager and she, boy, when she decided that she was going to start earning money, boy, she, she's the saver of the family. (laughs) I don't know where that came from, but anyway, she, she got the skills. In fact, before we moved from California to Utah, we had a, Aaron was, Scott was on his mission and Aaron was already living with G&G. And uh, we had a garage sale and sold quite a bit of stuff. And she kept all the money for the trip. She paid for the hotel. I mean, we she she was just our little accountant. Carrie would have been about 16, right? Um, yeah. 
If not 16, she was 15, because I believe she got her license when she was in Utah. Utah, yeah. Yeah. Carrie in charge of the money. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's all those years of being the And she's still like that today. She saves her money and plans and. Yeah, being the banker uh, in Monopoly. She likes to handle the money. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yep. She's she's really great at that. We also have um, to, Mom, we have to say that Carrie could get all of us to do anything. Yes. She <laughs> would get them to job. play Army, and she was the sergeant, and they would all do exactly what she said. So or she would get them to play. Just the younger boys. No, all of them. Everybody. Scott, Aaron. Yeah. Everybody. She could get us to play live Barbie. <laughs> so she'd like, Position us <laughs> or army like life size dolls, yeah, essentially. That's awesome, yep. Um, you know, by the time Chad and, and the little boys came, we were, I don't say we were seasoned parents, but we pretty much knew what was happening when they were born and, you know, and could prepare for them. You know, Brett did come, Chad came 10 days late. Um, Craig was a week late. Brett was four days early. And, um, you know, we didn't, Brett, we didn't start having real problems with Brett until he was like 11 months old. When Brett, when Craig was born, we knew that we were, that we were, we had our family and they say that seven is complete. So we had a complete group of kids that um, we absolutely loved and we had fun playing with them. Glenn would fill the back of a pickup with, um, put a tarp in it, fill it with water and ride around the neighborhood with the neighborhood kids in it. And, we would have we would have all kinds of competitions in the yard with the kids and you know okay jump over run around that tree three times and do a somersault here and and um um we you know you know money <laughs> we weren't the richest people in the world so we got creative i guess you would say but uh i always say that um when it got to where my kids were old enough that I didn't really have to worry about disciplining them and that we could have really cool conversations. That's when they left. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then you did it just right then. Oh, (laughs) but yeah, they were they were all fun each and everyone in their own way the cool thing about chad was is that he was just he was a chill baby from day one i i'm kidding you not he was just always a real chill baby when we would go for walks as he got older he was very he wanted, he was like Scott. He wanted to stop and look at stuff where everybody else, you know, we had half the kids in front of us. We'd have some beside us and Chad was behind us because he was observing everything. 
he wanted to observe everything and he was very um studious isn't the word i want he was more observant i guess yeah he just liked to observe a lot of stuff brett was a, a listener um he always tried to if he knew there was something that you were interested in he would listen and learn so that he could you know <coughs> be involved in the conversations you know with whatever you know because glenn glenn is all about cars and so are a couple of the kids and you know brett he just learned about stuff so that he could be involved in conversations and and they would go to the car shows quite a bit that was a big thing with um brett and glenn and and craig they would do that they did that for several years and then uh i don't know if it was because craig got sick uh brett got sick or if uh he got married they didn't do it as much <laughs> well i feel like chad read a lot too mom and which you did i always felt like you read quite a bit as well yep but yep. dad read and, and then brett and then Brett fell in love with reading, um, reading the Animorphs series. And so I read those with him so that we could have conversations about that. Uh, but those were, those were pretty fun books to read. Um, but uh, I was definitely not a reader. I think I just talked your ear off. <laughs> so there's a James Bond movie. That is in San Francisco, but there is. Uh, do you remember Ardenwood, Craig? The no, house no. at Ardenwood Farms. Yeah. Yes. He came home from school. He had a field trip, and Craig spent an hour, remembered every detail of every room in that mansion. <laughs> I mean, he knew it all. He was so intrigued. And enjoyed that field trip, but that's actually in a James Bond movie called A View to a Kill, if anybody wants to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> you could say my my cousin Craig's been there. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well they had they had like a pumpkin orchard there. They did. It's such a California field trip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it probably was. This movie was filmed here. <laughs> But I had I had all seven kids in ten years. Um, Carrie and Alan are the closest together. And how far apart are they? They are seventeen months apart. Um. So yeah, so yeah, we we had them quickly. And um, and then it was all fun after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we never got in any trouble after that. Oh, I'm no, sure no, not. No. <laughs> no, there's plenty of stories. <clears throat> Glenn and I, you know, if the kids got hurt, 
we waited a second before we ran over to see how they were doing. If they were getting up and coming to us and we thought, oh, okay, they're, they're fine. Um, they just need some loves and, and helps with their aches and pains or whatever um, there was going on at the time. But um, as a general rule, we um, tried to let them be their own person. <laughs> yeah, I guess. When I broke my arm the first time, I remember I wasn't crying until I saw you, Mom. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But again, my arm was in an L shape, so I don't blame you for having a freaked out look either. Yeah, that, that was pretty traumatizing. And it was I think on your that birthday. was, you know, Scott had gotten some, you know, he uh, cut open his forehead and he cut open his chin and Carrie had cut open her chin and Aaron had broken her arm and Alan had broken some arms. But I think what happened to you was that was probably the worst thing to that point that we had had happen. So. Yeah. So the, the backstory to that was Aaron, was it Scott Canoofer? Wasn't that who yep. it was? Yep. It so was her, one of her boyfriends was named Scott Canoofer and, he would put his feet on my stomach and he'd be on the couch and he would like launch me back. If that makes sense. Oh yeah. Yeah. And he was doing that and I would just land and run back and he would do it again. Well, I landed weird and he, I remember him saying he could hear the pop. I don't remember hearing the pop. I heard and, the pop and turned around cause I had my back to you. Yeah. And, and it I, was my birthday. Yeah. <laughs> I broke two bones on her birthday. Two, two years apart two different times oh my yeah. gosh um but anyway so i stood up and i remember looking at my arm thinking that does not look right and then when i turned to look at m mom then i was like then i saw her face i was like oh i'm gonna start crying because this something's wrong oh <laughs> the boy but. he came home from the hospital flying high <laughs> <laughs> it's, he was pretty pumped up with painkillers feeling pretty good <laughs> yeah that hospital visit was not pleasant though I, I do remember some of that but yeah even your uncle Doug got a little woozy when they stuck the needle through your arm <laughs> <laughs> what advice would you give to to moms in the the younger years um, who are kind of in the thick of it right now <laughs> Well, you got to love them. That's, that's the first thing. And um, teach them young that church is important, that God loves them, that the Savior loves them. You know, you can be protective without being overprotective, you know, of your kids. Yeah. And I definitely learned patience with my children. So... And and a lot of prayer involved <laughs> with raising a family. So so yeah, that that would probably be my two cents worth. And don't get down on yourself. I, I have to tell you something. I um wanted to be just like Arlene in <laughs> raising kids. I, she had these, she had these perfect kids and, 
And I'm, I was going to do exactly what she did. So I, I watched her a lot. And, um, and then I started having kids and my kids were different than her kids. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I'm a terrible mom because I don't know how to do this. And, and I had to realize that, you know, I had to do what was right for our family and, and, and try to <laughs> weave my way through the parenting process and uh so yeah yeah nice. you know try try to do your own and best way of doing it with heavenly father's help i would say yeah i like that and patience yeah. and grace for yourself and dance yeah. and dance in the kitchen <laughs> dance in the kitchen yeah, lots of dance parties. I mean, Cam, we even danced at a family reunion. Oh, I know. <laughs> uh, tell us a little more detailed, like Brett, like his disease and how he came about. Because I think that's a lot of stuff that people don't know. Yeah, and also how that affected your day-to-day -day life. Um. So Glenn's mom, you know, Brett was born and, and I, I thought things were normal. You know, we're all fair skinned anyway. So I didn't think anything different with Brett's paleness. And uh, Glenn's mother would say things like, you know, he's, he looks pretty pale and and then my neighbors my friends around our neighborhood you know that you know he looks pretty pale you might want to take him in and so he was a, he was 11 months old and he had started taking a few steps and i remember we had a relief society uh, activity where we went down to salt lake and we were living in syracuse utah then so we had a, a relief society activity and uh it we, we went to the church office building and and did and had lunch there at the lion house if i remember and so karen came and watched the kids for me and but when i got back she said Brett won't eat. He's very lethargic. Um, I'm not sure what's going on. So that morning I had taken him to the clinic and they had done some blood work on him. And so Scott had a baseball game that night. And so we all got in the car and we all went to the baseball game and, you know, was still concerned about Brett. Um, and when we got home, the phone was ringing and it was the clinic saying, you need to get your son to U of U and you need to do it right now. And so here we are, we've got six kids. I'm pregnant with Craig. And I mean, it was like mayhem. <laughs> We're like, what, what to do? What are we going to do with the kids? So I don't know what happened or how I, I, I don't know, but my neighbor 
Sorry. It's okay. My next door neighbor came over and we told her what was going on. And she said, Nancy, you and Glenn take Brett. Don't worry about the rest of your kids. We've got this. And so all the way down, um, I was pretty worried about Brett. And I'm sorry, but he was not in the car seat. He was in my arms in the front seat. Because <laughs> um, I was not going to let him go. And uh, once we got to U of U, you know, his blood, white, uh, red blood counts were way, way low. Um, they did a bunch of stuff, gave him some red blood cells, and the next day he was rattling that cage a crib like a monkey. He he <laughs> wanted to get out so bad as he had pink cheeks and and he was raring to go. And we were <laughs> in the we were there for a couple of days. They tested Glenn and I to see if we carried something. And of course, then that made me worry about Craig mm-hmm. um, being pregnant with him. But um, turned out that we didn't carry whatever this was. And so um, that kind of started us on our journey with Brett. Um, he was going down to primary children's and, you know, I, I had incredible neighbors. That's all I can say. <laughs> that and and Glenn's parents that were close enough that they could take the kids and then we'd go down to primaries and so I got to know primary children's hospital really well when we knew we were going to move to California um so Brett was probably the latest one to start walking because you know, we had started walking but got real lethargic. And so then he, they started him on that prednisone and he was on that for the rest of his life. Never really could get control of his blood counts. And um, of course, you know, he grew up and and you know did normal things played baseball played sports and and stuff like that and we had to travel across the the bridge and I don't like bridges but um, we'd have to go from Union City where we were living in California to Palo Alto to the children's hospital there and primary children's had recommended an oncologist there at Palo Alto. I don't know if you remember the fir- the boy that first got AIDS. Mm-hmm. Um, the doctor that t- took care of Brett was also the doctor that took care of that kid that had AIDS, that got it from a blood transfusion. Mm-hmm. So he was a great doctor. And uh, and they had all kinds of toys. So it, Brett would go to the doctor, and oh, Brett was so curious. He would look into the drawers, and, and, and he was just into everything, wanted to know 
all about everything in the room while we were waiting for the doctor to come in and and uh i would you know craig would come occasionally and they would let him have a toy and i reaped the and, benefits uh, that's for sure yep so, <laughs> so you know as he got older you know i think it was probably a little more difficult to control it but you know because they would he would prednisone can can help with a lot of stuff but if you take it too long it can mess with your body mm -hmm. and uh he could never get off of it and Mom, when he when, when he was first diagnosed with this stuff blood transfusion for kids was not heard of and and they basically told us well if if it doesn't work, then he's going to die. And so that freaked me out. So as long as the prednisone was working, I was okay with that. But, um, you know, I, I don't know. We probably should have checked in on blood transfusions, but Brett really, I mean, uh, yeah, blood transfusion, um, bone marrow, excuse me. Yeah, bone, bone marrow, marrow transplant. transplant. But because uh, he had a lot of blood transfusions, um, getting his blood and stuff back up. But, uh, but no. we probably should have it... looked into that earlier. Um, because when he finally decided, made the decision to do it, then it was too late. Hmm. Um, things had started going wrong with uh, his body. So. Yeah, Mom, I think, Kenny, what you were going to ask was, did they actually find a diagnosis to what it was? Yeah. Oh, it was yeah. called, it was called uh, Black Fan Diamond Syndrome or Diamond Black Fan Syndrome. Both of these were two doctors, and so it's whoever, you, which doctor you wanted to put first. But anyway, it was, it was, bread didn't produce enough red blood cells. Or the red blood cells that he had weren't working right. And so the prednisone would help with that. Yeah. And then periodically, that's when they would do the, if his counts were too low, they would do a trans blood They'd transfusion. They'd do a blood transfusion. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if I, correct me if I'm wrong, when he, when you said earlier, you said it was unheard of, you said blood transfusion, but I think you're meaning the bone marrow transplant. Yeah, bone marrow. Yeah. yeah. In, the in bone marrows, um, they were, I don't know if they were real based. They just, you just didn't do that with kids. Yeah. It was the, you know, from, from what the doctor was telling me. I said, let's just see how the prednisone works. And then, you know, if that if that's not working well, we can include blood transfusions. And then worst case scenario would be the bone marrow. And so for us, it was always that's the worst case scenario. And then, um, you know, come to find out was probably what should have happened, but didn't. And then it was, you know, like I say, it was too late when he decided you know, for himself that, that, um, he wanted to have that done. So. Yeah, I think, I think it was, so 
you know, I remember Brett high school, all that. He was still fairly like, like you said, he still did stuff. It wasn't like, you know, he played baseball when he was younger and he was in drama. Yeah. yeah. Like he, he, he still did a lot of stuff. I just remember I mean, not going, I don't remember him going to the hospital as much in that age. No, range. no. It wasn't when we until... got back to when we got back to Utah, you know, nobody had heard of this. So, you know, it took a couple of doctors and going going back to primaries to try to get him on some kind of a regiment. Um so so yeah. He when he Let's see, him and Tammy had been married for about a year and a half when he found out he had colon cancer. And then and then he got had the operation but got an infection and, and I, I don't know, I just think that's kinda what started him getting real sick a lot. Yeah. After that. So Yeah, the last three days of his life were pretty rough. Pretty rough. Do you want to share? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I just remember Tammy called me at work and Brett, I could hear Brett screaming on the other side, on the other end of the phone because he was in so much pain. And for some reason, I knew that this was going to be different. I didn't know if it was he was going to be in the hospital longer, if they were going to have to do more surgeries, or if he wasn't going to make it. Um, but uh, Brad, I, Craig, I remember that we called and and uh, you you gave him a blessing, and it, it, the blessing was a little different, um, more of a peace and comfort kind of blessing. Um, I remember once he got down to the U of U, um, Kathy's impression, Aunt Kathy's impression was, I'm going to pray for the family. Brett's going to be okay, which, whatever way. But I'm going to pray for the family. So. Yeah, that, that, uh, I, I don't think we talked much about this with dads and I no. know, but, uh, but I know like leading up to that. So me and Arianna were going camping. There was just a lot of things that have transpired with that situation. That was little tender mercies. That's probably the best way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah. one of them was I, me and Arianna were going camping and I had been working graveyards and I was so tired. And Brett leading up to this had been in the hospital, like, monthly so he'd been yeah, very same like that yeah it's just very frequent and so when i got the call from mom and i can't remember if it was you or aaron whoever called me but to come give him a blessing i think i'd gotten like three hours of sleep and we were getting ready to go camping with justin and devin's family and i was gonna sleep and wake up and go and ariana was like well what do you want to do should we just stay and i was like no i'll go give the blessing and then we'll head out and 
And so I gave the blessing, but I don't remember anything about the blessing other than what my mom just said, because her and Aaron felt the same. It just felt different. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, and then we had gone camping, but I had left a pin, like a, a Google pin drop mm. with JB and Aaron. Cause I, at the time I was trying to get them to come camping with us, but they couldn't make it. So we'd gone camping, you know, Scott's in Idaho, Carrie's in California, Chad and Kelly were in Arizona at the same time, but happened to be visiting. Right. Mom, I think that's what it was. Yeah. They had actually come for a visit. Yep. So they were there. And then this all happened with Brett and had gone to the U. So Scott got a call. He was working at the dealership and the owner of the dealership's like, we just tossed him the keys to a brand new suburban with a full tank of gas and said, take your family and go. And so that had happened. And then JB somehow got a hold of the Uina forest service lady and somehow, based off the pin and the description of my truck and trailer, I got a note on my front trailer saying, uh, your brother-in-law, BJ, uh, <laughs> says your brother is in the U of U of intensive care. And so somehow they got a note to me that that was going on. Anyways, there's just a lot of things. And then Uncle Doug had gotten Carrie flown out, and we, we missed having Alan and Michelle there. But there was just a lot of things, Cammy, that happened that it was like, what the heck's like it just it was different. Yeah, it definitely yeah. was different. And I think so. Tammy was so you know, she I think she was in shock <laughs> for three days. Mm. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. And they had how old were their kids at that point? Um, Kyrie was five. No, Kyrie was six. No, she was seven because she was she would have she got baptized the following year. So that's right. And Ashton was yeah. Ashton, Ashton was like was gonna be turning two. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah, that that's that's was uh, it was tense. <laughs> we still had so, a lot of laugh laughter, too. We did reminiscing. In fact, when when uh, after Brett had passed away, room, I went over to the nurses station, and I'm sorry, it must be must sound like we're irreverent, but just trying to not suffers, mm -hmm. you know, just started reminiscing about the funny things that Brett would do. And, and so we, mm -hmm. we were laughing as well as um, crying. So, but yeah, Brett was a good egg. Like I say, none of my kids are perfect, which I'm kind of glad because, you know, most of them are still here <laughs> and I get to enjoy them and their families. Um, but uh, Brett was tired and I think his body was done. So yeah. that's, um, 
you know, and, and uh, we were just talking about this yesterday with Karen, some of the things with Brett that, you know, some of the family members have had dreams or impressions of Brett since then. And, and uh, it's been kind of cool to hear some of the experiences that people have had. So. Oh, that is very cool. I would love to hear any, if you feel comfortable sharing. Well, I'll tell you mine. Um, I, my knees were shot. So I was going in for my first knee surgery, you know, and, and uh, like I say, Craig had had impressions of Brett and feeling Brett close and JB had had, you know, some impressions and feeling him close. And, and I felt like, well, now I'm the mom. Why haven't I had any <laughs> feelings about this? And, <laughs> and so I, I was going in for my knees, first knee surgery and I don't like hospitals. I'm mm -hmm. not very fond of doctors and I took me a long time to finally go to the doctor, you know, just because that's, you're supposed to, stuff. but anyway, about, you know, getting this knee surgery, cause I was going to be, wouldn't have control of the situation and people were going to be working on me and I wasn't going to, thank goodness I wasn't going to feel it, but, um, <laughs> You know, it's not knowing. So I was a little nervous. So I don't remember what night or how long before, long before I had the surgery, but I dreamt that I was in this huge hospital and Brett was showing me around. <laughs> and you could see in, I mean, every, there was no walls. It was all glass windows you could see into the operating room you could see into the waiting room you could see you know every there was lots of people all around and they we were walking and he was showing me stuff and uh and I woke up and I'm going Nancy you might, might want to prepare yourself that you might not come out of this niche surgery <laughs> <laughs> so I had to come to grips with that and I think I was okay. Um, but then I went in and had surgery and, you know, had the knee surgery. In fact, both my knees and, and everything was fine. And I was telling, I can't remember who I was telling one of the kids about this dream. And I said, you know, so I was telling them that, you know, I thought I was going to die. And they said, well, let's look at it this way. Maybe Barrett was just letting you know that he was going to be there with you and that things were going to be okay. And mm. so I go, oh, okay, let's, let's think of it more yeah, let's, positive. Let's go with that. Yeah. <laughs> so I went with that. <laughs> no, we can't. We, it doesn't take long if we reminisce about Brett to start laughing. So it's, it's good. <laughs> Uh, you, Cammy asked about mine, yeah. right? So, um, you know, it, what it did at that hospital 
trip, it did just feel different. There was just other things that even happened with one of mine and Ariana's little, well, he's not so little now, Riggs isn't, but he just had little things, impressions when we were driving home from camping that week. Cause we didn't really tell the kids what was, why we were leaving camping. We just told them we were, we, we needed to go. And he just, Riggs had these little impressions like Aunt Tammy will be okay. But we never said anything about Tammy. And then um, the other one for him was Scott's kids were at Aaron and JB's house because Scott had come down and left the kids with Aaron and JB's kids at their house. And then I was going to go drop my trailer off so Ariana could take our kids home. And then I took JB's brother's car up to Salt Lake to see Brett. But so they didn't, I mean, Ariana had talked about this, but I mean, and Riggs was, I don't know, mom, Riggs and Ashton are about the same age. So it would have been about two, right? Yeah, he was two. Yeah. And, and Riggs had said, I see Sydney and Jackson. And again, he had no idea what the plan was, but he just knew somehow what was going on. So that blew our mind a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um. But then for me, it was it was on it was actually after Brett had passed away. I think it was that night. Me and Ariana were driving home, and um, have you guys you guys know the song "In Christ Alone"? I'm, I'm sure, Cammy, have you heard that one before? I don't think I have. Owl, Owl City does a version on it on YouTube, but it's called "In Christ Alone." But in at one part it says, "And and until He comes or calls me home, in Christ I'll stand." Anyways, we were listening to this song and I just had this very strong impression that Brett was giving me a hug and um, that he went home. He got called home. So that was okay with me. It's sad. I, I, I think we've talked about this mom before, but it is sad that Brett had to leave us and his, his kids and his wife, but he's, I've ever since, then I've always felt that he's where he's needed to be. So, yeah, I yep. agree. Yeah, thanks, mom, for sharing. I know that's probably not the easiest thing. Yeah, yeah. that's tender. <laughs> well, I, I I figured that I would be enough in control. It's been you know since 2017 that I'd be okay, but yeah, it does come flooding back. <laughs> Which is All okay. Emotions, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I think anyone who has a child die, like, I just, I can't even imagine how hard that is. Brett was living in Brigham City at the time. Our ward family didn't really know. Only a few people really knew. But mm-hmm. my work family, they were incredible. They were really good to our family. And so were, and so was all the extended family. They were just incredible. And I felt the love and the prayers of everybody in the family. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there was a lot. Well, then yeah. it it was well, Cammy. I, I mean. I'm sure you guys did too. Everybody, I mean, everybody was pretty well informed. That's one thing that's really nice that we love about the Price family is that that stuff gets conveyed fairly well. 
boy, as soon as, you know, I was still kind of reeling from, you know, we had just left Brett and, and, uh, going home and, you know, just still not shocked, but numb. And boy, Scott went right to Facebook and, mm. you know, said he had just lost his brother so the next morning my sisters text me and go nancy oh, no. <laughs> am i hearing correctly or am i reading this correctly and so i had to you know i had to apologize and say yeah you know had to kind of tell them what had happened and and that i was just <laughs> not even thinking about facebook or anything like that but i'm i'm glad that you know scott put it on Facebook. Yeah. And in some so, ways it is nice that, that he did that. So you didn't have to, and, and right. obviously you would eventually, but right. That's hard. Yeah. I mean, in, in a retrospect too, like, like that, like you said, mom, that, that was hard to maybe explain, but at the same time, it was fairly quick. Like from Brett being in the hospital to him passing, like it, I don't remember it being that long. I think he went in on a on a Friday, and yeah, then and he passed Tuesday? away on Monday. Monday, yeah. So I mean, well, relatively. To be honest, I think he was already gone. He it was just life the life support, support was keeping yeah. him breathing, mm -hmm. but it was, you know, it was it was hard to let go and Tammy needed to make that decision you know because she was his wife and uh you know we just wanted wanted her to know that we were going to rally around her and support her and her decisions you know that she made so but we all you know there was prayers said and and um it was the right time and the right thing um, to do yeah you know he didn't want to he didn't want to die I don't think any of us really want to but uh, I I just think his body was done yeah so yeah and there's there's some good memories even within that though like right there's even though it was sad but the rallying and the things that happened, like, like, I think that's what's surprising about that situation or any situation. Anytime we lose anybody and, and Cammy, you, you, you made it right. Like, e even though me and my mom left this, lost the same person, losing a child is different than losing your brother. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's a whole nother, another ball of wax, but losing anybody like it, I guess that's the thing is, there's all, I, I have always felt like for the most part, there's good in, in some of those situations, maybe not every situation, if you, you know, but yeah. in Brett, in Brett's case, there was, there was a lot of good things that happened. So any memories of, of G and G that you want to share? Oh, I have 40 some odd memories of G and G. <laughs> <laughs> Well, like I say, I, I felt immediately welcomed into the family. Um, I was very nervous, but, you know, always, always knew that I was loved by Glenn's parents. 
we lived with them um, a couple of times and, you know, transitioning. Sometimes they weren't the easiest. <laughs> but again, I knew I was loved. I knew my kids were loved. And, and uh, you know, they were they were always you know with their hugs and their counsel and you know dad dad's hugs and so i kind of feel like you know and and i don't know i always called them mom and dad because and i don't know hopefully the siblings were okay with that cuz you know my parents were a thousand miles away 2000 miles away and so I, you know, we we received counsel and guidance and blessings and and uh, from from mom and dad Price. So they they were they were the example that I wanted for my family. So Glenn's mom knew saw the best and the worst for me. So <laughs> I I do have a rebellious spirit and I try to keep it at bay, but every once in a while it does surface. And it's all uh, that hard rock you listen to. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, they love me. I, I remember that we Every time we moved into a different house, I let Mom Price do my kitchen. It was too stressful for me. <laughs> and I'm telling you, she put it, there was, there were maybe a few things that I switched around, but, you know, 95% of what she had where she had put stuff and organized in the kitchen, I didn't touch. <laughs> I just, you know, I just trusted her and she just did a marvelous job with it. So, and, and yeah. we, we tried, you know, we tr invited them for birthdays and, and uh, the tradition that we carried on from, you know, the Cowell and Marg, was the Christmas Eve programs and celebrations. So we've kept that going and that's that's been fun. So, you know, we've been doing that for, you know, almost 48 years now. Wow. Or is it 47? I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. We try we try to carry on the torch for you too, Mom. Because it's something that we enjoy. That is a tradition. Oh, we... I know. I know. We still get together. And I know that, you know, each family needs to do their own kinds of traditions and things do. But uh, we do get together Christmas Eve and enjoy each other. So, yeah, but yeah they were they were great. I just admired them and, and wanted to be emulate them. And, and uh, you always knew where they stood in the gospel. And so that's what I loved about them. 
Yeah, they were pretty solid. <laughs> <laughs> they That's were true. pretty solid. <laughs> and I have to apologize. Go ahead. Oh, Mom, I was going to say, I got to apologize. I, I was laughing earlier when you got emotional again, and, and you know how I am. I, I, I de-stress her by laughing. <laughs> you know, Greg, <laughs> uh, my mom does that. Well, I can't laugh and cry at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> you get the you get the emotional, you know, the crying, the crying side of me. But I remember mom, mom Price at that same family reunion with those pots and pans strapped around her arms and legs, and she oh, comes, yeah. she yes. comes banging out to that. I don't even remember the song, but I looked at her and I'm going. Yeah, I got I got to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. I you know, she she was just and and her happy dance that she always oh. did when she was super super excited was so fun. So, yeah. Lot, lots of lots of good memories. They were like I say they were they were patient with me and and loved me no matter what. So, <laughs> And that took a lot. <laughs> well, I'm sure it wasn't that bad, Mom. I'm sure. <laughs> no. Yeah, cool peeps. Proud Indeed. to be and always will be forever 18. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I well, love you, it. You can't get too far away. I got one story about, you know, she's talking about Grandma coming out with the pots and pans. and Yes. Which, Mom, I'm glad you brought that up because I totally forgot about that. And, but my mom, oh, I hope, yeah, I hope not many little kids are listening, <laughs> but my, we got, we had a big Christmas one year and, oh. it, and me and Brett were still teenagers. <laughs> and so it was Alan and Michelle were there, Scott and Sarah, and they had had Hunter and maybe Jackson. No, it was just Hunter. Just Hunter. Yeah, and then Aaron and JB are married. So, like, you know, the first year with, with, well, not the first year, but where a lot of new married ends, and and Hunter, and here comes my mom busting in the the, the front door in a Santa suit. Well, she lost the beard <laughs> to the Santa suit, so she had stuffed plastic Walmart bags and then in a Walmart bag. And then strung the Walmart bag around her face as her beard. And she's dancing around and we're all dying laughing. And wasn't Hunter scared? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I mean, it was hilarious. So That's mommy, so awesome. you, you you got nice quirky traits too. It's all good. You are a party for sure. Uh... Oh, well, and, and we've married into party people, too, so it, right? it when we are all together, it, it's a party. <laughs> oh, I can only imagine, like, when you guys went to Las Vegas, I loved seeing the pictures, because I could just imagine that you guys were having so much fun. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been fun. You know, it's funny because every reunion, I think, so if you saw the Vegas one, Cammy, you saw yeah. us dan dancing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the funny thing is, is 
so when mom, my mom was talking about Alan and Aaron doing like color guard. Yeah. So after, after they do like their performances at the end of the night, they'd have, they just put music on and this is like California. And so they'd get in a circle and they, people go out and dance. Yeah. Yeah. Well, mom, did you go out in a dance circle? I did. (laughs) (laughs) She went and busted out the butterfly. Love it. (laughs) (laughs) So we do like to dance, but one of our other reunions too, is we stayed by Bear Lake. They found this, it's called like the old schoolhouse inn or something like that. That was lava. Yeah. Or lava. That's right. And um, they had a gym and everybody's getting ready for bed, kind of. And next thing we know, we, we, someone puts on some music and we ended up doing a dance party and a dance competition for like two and a half hours. <laughs> That's awesome. For no, for no, for no reason. <laughs> Just happens. So <laughs> it, it is a good time. So it sounds like Uncle Glenn has no rhythm, but enjoys music. But then every, all of your kids, Aunt Nancy, can dance and have decent rhythm? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, some, some form of rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> I think some people put it to better use than others. We like to mess around and call it dancing. That's go. what it is. Moving to the beat in some way. Yep. It's, it's interpretive dance. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, Aunt Nancy, is there anything else you want the Price family to know? I'm getting emotional, so I'll laugh. Um, <laughs> it's been a privilege to be a part of the family. And always, like I say, always... When when we get together, I feel the love. So thank you, thank you, thank you for accepting this wild and crazy girl. <laughs> we appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. We look forward to interviewing all of you. And as Grandma Price would say, see you in the morning. <laughs>